I'm Isaac Sims. I'm Olivia Clement. And I'm Walter Lyle. Whoop, whoop. And this is Flyover Film Country. Welcome back, Walter. It's good to be back. I I died for a little bit. And <laughs> yeah. I'm, I've come back to life. And it's, it's much good like, to be here. Much like the guy at the beginning of Alan Wake 2. <laughs> <laughs> we were just talking before we started recording about how Jess, who is on this episode, by the way, Isaac's Hello. wonderful wife. Yeah. Happy to have her on. Um, we're hugging. <laughs> Y'all can't see it, but they're hugging. They do love each other. And uh, that Jess was just watching Isaac play Alan Wake 2 because it is kind of just an immersive story experience, right? And a really good game. Yep. Yeah. Indeed. So far. Yeah. But that's not... We're This episode is not about Alan Wake 2. This episode is about Prince of Egypt, the 1998 DreamWorks masterpiece. Mm. So you asked for it probably, maybe... We just decided to, right to do it, most likely. But Walter asked for it. And I actually said, did specifically sure. ask for this one he a did. few months ago. Yeah, we we were, we've been doing the kind of the loose theme this year of uh, spirit, faith, faith-based movies, yeah. and um, Prince of Egypt. I, I can't remember who brought this up. One of y'all brought it up in the group chat a few months ago. Not that we should like you just mentioned it like in passing, and then I was like, "Oh my gosh, can we please cover Prince?" Like I cannot in good conscience, do a year of faith-based movies and not talk about Prince of Egypt. Here we are. Yeah. And here we are. So this was not one that we talked about doing at the beginning of the year. No, I it wasn't. Think so. it, it wasn't on our, so. our calendar, I don't think. Yeah. But I'm very it was well, like, Thank you, Walter. Now. Yeah, it was like a blank space that we just had open, mm-hmm. and we were like, we'll fill it in later. Yep. And Walter, I think Walter was the big proponent of this one. Yeah, I'm yep. a big champion of this movie. Yeah, uh, it was one that. Well, well, let's talk about other things, and then we'll it, unless you unless you just want to actually dive right in this time. Okay, let's let's, dive, let's right dive right in. Do you like? <laughs> do you think it's funny how we do that? How we'll like preamble for a long time and then go. Okay, the guys, let's just dive right in. I kind of like just getting to the point. I'm like, let's. Get so to you the like most... getting to the point, but yes. you don't think it's funny when we don't get to the point, but say, let's dive right in. I like to just hear y'all talk about the movies. Okay. I like I like how we're getting feedback. In real I was about time. to say this yeah. is live feedback from somebody who usually just listens and isn't actually what on. What percentage the pod. of our episodes do you think you listen to? Like twenty percent. Be so yeah. honest, right? I'd now. say that's okay. I'd say that's about about right. Twenty percent. Yeah. Morgan told because me because I don't she'll... listen to a podcast unless I have seen the movie yes. or the show that's that you're talking about. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, and, and Mor- Morgan fine. does not listen to this podcast unless I am on the episode. So welcome back, Morgan, <laughs> as a listener. <laughs> All right, <laughs> Morgan. To, to fly over <laughs> Yeet. <laughs> no, I was joking with Isaac, and I said, you know, y'all's listenership may go up after you have me on this on this pod. I'm making middle schoolers listening in. Yeah. You know, oh. To hear Miss Sims' thoughts on the Prince yeah. of Egypt. Let's yeah. keep it PG, like <laughs> Prince of Egypt. And I think Craig Lyle might be listening to this one again now. Okay. Now that I'm back, Craig on the so, goat, yeah, my guy. Shout out, shout out to my dad. Um, <laughs> I'm sure he's gonna message me after he listens to it about some kind of mistake I made on it. So uh, no. we're gonna. I gotta try to be as perfect as possible in this one to appease my. Should father. we unpack that, Walter? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, they have a great relationship. No, I do. No, I love I'm my kidding. Dad. Love my parents. To start um, things off. Um, you, uh, I think, I think Jessica has seen this movie like probably twenty five times, if not more. 
yeah. So, Easily. Yeah. Easily. Is that like you, like as a child and then just like watched it a lot as a kid or did you keep watching it growing up? Yeah, so that was, I was going to ask y'all that question too. So I grew up watching this, like had it on VHS. I mean, it was like one of my favorite movies growing mm-hmm. up and I feel like I have watched it in adulthood quite a bit. I mean, it's been a couple of years, but I rewatched it on Saturday when I found out I was going to be on the podcast with you guys and I'm still like just as mesmerized by it mm-hmm. as when I was a little kid. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Oli- Did y'all grow up watching it? Olivia. Yeah. Yeah, I actually, I just asked my mom before we started recording. I was like, "Did we, I don't remember watching this a lot. And she goes, we didn't watch, you guys didn't watch it a lot, but we definitely watched it. I don't know how many times I've seen it, but I haven't seen it probably since I was, I would guess, nine or ten. So it's been oh. a long time since I've seen it. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's a beautiful film. Mm-hmm. It's so good. So we we watched it. Probably not as much as some of the other movies I've seen, but um, yeah, this was definitely something we watched fairly regularly. Yeah. Isaac, what about you? I saw it several times, um, and it was enough for it to be very familiar to me. The part, probably my favorite part in the movie, where he has the dream in hieroglyphics, and mm-hmm. it's it's like nightmarish, mm-hmm. was so vivid for me yeah. Yeah. as a, as yeah. a kid. And and scary too, but you know, watching it as an adult, it was, um, it was jaw dropping. I, yeah. I, re- I kind of was reminded of how beautiful it is, but I was kind of taken aback by 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 some things that like I think we'll discuss as we get more into the plot and all that. Um, mm-hmm. But but yeah, I, I I think like I may I may be like the least, uh, despite being as sheltered as i was like this as homeschooled would, as you were this this is like a very homeschooled like yeah. qualifying movie because it doesn't really take very many liberties on the old testament exodus mm-hmm. story um and but yet like i still didn't watch it that much just probably yeah. i've probably only seen it like five times so yeah yeah i think i have my experiences a little more similar to olivia's in the sense that like watched it a lot when we were younger we had it on vhs um i believe my parents still have all the vhs's that we had as a kid and i'm sure this will be something that one of them messages me about after they listen to this episode um but i remember watching it on vhs a lot me and my sisters really liked it we liked the we would sing along to the songs after we watched it enough times and uh kind of quoted you know our favorite parts and um but unlike Jess, I have not really watched it in a long time. Mm-hmm. So once I was no longer in a spot where I was watching VHSs, I didn't really <laughs> watch it again until literally last night as an adult um, and just fell in love again. I was I was a little worried that like, you know, the child, the, the kid goggles were going to be like, we're on. I'm like, oh, I'm like, yeah, this doesn't hold up as well as I thought it would. Nope. It is, it's still pretty mm-hmm. spot on. So, um, yeah, that's kind of, that was, that's my experience. Had a really good time watching it last night. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's one of those movies when I was watching it, I guess two <laughs> nights ago, I was like, man, I kind of wish I could watch this like for the first time mm-hmm. again. I don't know if mm-hmm. you'll ever feel that way sometimes no, when I do. you're watching oh, movies sure. that are really special to you that yeah. you've seen a lot. Um, but that was something I thought I'm like, this is still incredible. 
But part of me kind of wishes I could watch it with fresh eyes. And in fact, we were with some friends at dinner a couple nights ago. And one of the girls, like she hadn't seen it before. And we we're like, you've got to watch it. But that was kind of a question too that I had is like, I wonder, and I ask Isaac this, I'm like, to me, is it so good because I grew up watching it and I loved it growing up and there's mm-hmm. that kind of like nostalgic mm-hmm. value, mm-hmm. Um, you know, or is it really like something that I would appreciate just watching it for the first time as like a 28 year old? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I... I kind of, I, I, yes, I also wish that I could watch it with fresh ass for the first time. But more specifically, I, in a weird way, I kind of wish I hadn't watched it as a kid and I watched it for the first time as an adult because I, the, my appreciation I have for this as a 28-year-old is way different than my appreciation for it like as a kid in Sunday school, right? And not only like as a story in the Bible that I believe to be true, but also like just from a filmmaking perspective, we're going to talk about the cast in a little bit too, but I had, I was texting in the group chat last night as I was watching it uh, to Isaac and Olivia, had no idea how stacked this cast was. Because as a kid, like I don't know who actors are, I don't know who anybody sure. is. And then as an adult, I was on IMDb and I was like, oh my gosh, had no idea. Uh, have y'all so, seen, <laughs> have y'all seen the uh, Key and Peele bellhops? Uh uh-uh. uh no. sketches where they talk about the movies they watched over the weekend. Uh, oh no. yes, I have. it's like, been a while. They're like rattling off people's about. names. They're like, I can watch Top Top Gun with Valley Kilmer's and uh, <laughs> Michelle P- Pfeiffer. She shows up in that. Like it's the it's so so funny. But that's I, yeah, literally I how I feel about this cast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, which which literally has Val Kilmer and Michelle Pfeiffer. Uh, yeah. yeah, in the movie. Um, which if you want to talk about the cast right now, we can. Okay, can we talk about how Steve Martin is one of the like sorcerers? Steve <laughs> yes. Martin plays an I Egyptian sorcerer in Prince of Egypt. And Martin Short. Him and Martin like, Short. Yeah. The dynamic I had to explain, duo. I had <laughs> yeah. to explain to Jess who Martin Short was. She was like, see, I don't really. And I was like, no, he's like almost as big as big Jess, a deal as. Martin uh, Short was Jack Frost in Santa Claus 3. How do you not know this? Yeah, see, I don't, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. On. But I can say, like, the sorcerers used to scare me when I watched this movie. Yeah. Because <laughs> they, they're scary. They're, and they're, they are. They are scary, and yeah. And now I just, I can't watch it the same way thinking it's steve martin's voice and like mm-hmm. when they're singing the songs you know the creepy like you're yeah. playing with the big boys now like yeah that's steve which martin. by the way great song so funny oh great very songs. good uh yeah no it is hard to again as a kid i didn't know who steve martin was or martin short or ray mm-hmm. fines or welcome to anybody and so as a kid i'm just like oh they're kind of like i did clock them as the comedic relief when i was young but nothing more than that and now knowing the names behind those i'm like i again it's just that appreciation as an adult that you just don't mm-hmm. have as a kid uh for this I, I i don't no no i'm getting ahead of myself i'm gonna talk about that in a minute i want to talk about how if we think this movie would be made today and if it would be the same but i want to put a pin in that because i want to finish talking about the cast chris pratt would probably voice every character <laughs> <laughs> it's a me moses <laughs> That's and Chris he hates Pratt. Mondays because he's as doing Mario. Uh, he's as doing Garfield. and Garfield. He's yeah. not playing Garfield. No, yes, straight up. Are it you was, serious? Yeah, yeah. I'm the, learning. Like, th- I'm learning this for the first time. I feel like to, Donald Trump when he was on that runway and he found out about. Uh, uh, 
Ruth Bader Ginsburg died. What? This is the first time you telling me. This is the first time I'm hearing about it. She lived an amazing life. So that that's oh me gosh. right now learning that news. So good. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, Chris Pratt would definitely play Moses at the very least. Yeah, he probably. Speaking would. of Moses, Val Kilmer, who also uh, voiced God in this in this movie, mm-hmm. um, which we I thought was yeah, which is very cool. And uh, he and I believe it's pronounced Ray Fines, right? Not Ralph. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. he and Ray Fines, who again, my dumb millennial mind is like, oh, Voldemort played Ramses. <laughs> Uh, but Ray Fiennes and Val Kilmer as Moses and Ramses, very cool, very mm-hmm. great dynamic, phenomenal performances. I'll just call them Valley Kilmers because that's what <laughs> yeah. the bellhops call them. Uh, well, how Michelle... old were y'all when y'all realized that it was that his name was pronounced Ray Fiennes? Because I think I was like, uh, it was 20 like twenty years ago, years old. Yeah, it yeah. was two days ago for me because I was like, that <laughs> Ralph Fiennes guy is in this, and Isaac's like, no, no. I I'll tell you what it was. I'll tell you what it was for me, and this is so embarrassing to admit, but I'm owning it. So his, I believe his nephew, uh, Hero Fine, I think his name is Hero Fines, plays the male love interest in After. If anybody oh, has seen gosh. those movies, they're awful, but they're a guilty pleasure. Of, they're kind of like Kissing Booth, but with way more sex and like nice. swearing. <laughs> but it's his, Ray Fine's nephew plays the the main character in that. And so right I was like, yeah, absolutely. Remember, they're going to be middle schoolers listening to this. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm keeping Actually, it. do you think your middle schoolers watch after? I don't know. I'm keep I'm keeping it PG. I'm keeping it PG. Yeah. Do not watch yeah. after. They're very bad movies. Let me make that yeah. very clear. Children, um, it's not cinema. Prince of Egypt is cinema. E- Prince of Egypt is cinema. But I remember I was it's also up, biblical. I was looking at the cast of After, and I was like, "Fines, why does that last Hero? name sound familiar?" Fines. And then I looked. I was like, "Oh my gosh, his uncle's Voldemort." And then was, that's when I learned that his was pronounced Rafe. So thank you to the movie After. <laughs> For showing me that is the correct pronunciation. <laughs> anyway, how old were you when you realized it was Ray Fines, Olivia? Um, what was the first Harry Potter movie he was in? The fourth one, uh, Goblet of the Fire. The fourth one. So that came out in what two thousand eight. So he didn't voice him in the first. It was a different actor. In, it was a different in, actor in, in the first Stone. one when he's on Quirrell's right. head. That's a different actor. Yep. Yep, yeah. yep. 2005 was when Goblet of Fire. Wow, 2005. Oh my gosh. My gosh. Did it really come out that yep. early? Yeah, that's depressing. Um, yeah, I got to wrap my mind. That was almost 20 <laughs> years ago, guys. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, 20 years Whoa. ago, and 2 years or 1 year basically. Gross. I hated um, everything about that realization. Um, anyway, it was probably around then because my mom knows everything about pop culture <laughs> and I'm sure told me then. So, yeah. I'm guessing I was 11. Nice. So yeah, nice. Uh, Alexis Jeff, knew. Alexis knew. Alexis she knows knew. so much. Jeff Goldblum as Aaron. Which good I casting. Think is crazy, uh, but he did a very good job. Patrick Stewart as Ramsey's father. Danny Glover as Jethro. Helen Mirren as the Queen. Uh, we talked about Steve Martin and Martin Short. The, and then we talk about Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh, and Sandra Bullock. I was gonna say we've got to talk about Sandra Bullock as Miriam. Yeah, I mean, absolutely stacked cast. Yep. 
Sandra Bullock kind of like shines for me. What were you going to say? Well, I was just going to ask how they were able to get that stacked of a cast for a movie like this. Yeah. I, I, if y'all know. I have no insight there. Isaac Olivia? I know no. that, that. So, I mean, if that if this was today, obviously, the entire box office <laughs> that it earned, $218 million, probably would have gone to this cast. So, yeah. I think it, I think part of it was you know almost closer to, close to thirty years ago you could get them for cheaper. Um, I, I'll I'll push back on that a little bit. Patrick Stewart and Helen relatively, Mirren, relatively, and Steve Martin and how they were most of them were already pretty established by this point. Well, I think if well, I was you told me something about it the other day. Yeah, the thing I told Jess was that if you watch this movie, if you watch it again. You, I I would kind of argue that you know you get them doing music, um, do a lot of their voice work um, goes into the songs, but it's a very visual movie, and so yes. there's a lot of like during the action pieces there's not a lot of dialogue, there's a lot of like sound design, um, mm. so I think that they probably got them to do their line readings within a pretty short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Probably. Um, and that probably cut down on the on the cost. They yeah. probably had it built into maybe each of them did several days. Yeah. Um, but that probably cut down on the cost quite a bit. And and not every voice actor was their singer for their songs. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Like Sandra so. Bullock didn't do her singing. She no. And Sandra Neither Bullock did. doesn't have that many lines. So Right. right. Yeah. yeah. So like also it's 19... 19- 98 mm-hmm. Miss Congeniality hadn't come out she I mean I mm-hmm. don't know what she was she doing was she star. might not have been as big in 98 yeah. as some of her co-stars in this movie yes um, you know what she, yeah, her part was smaller she hadn't done she hadn't done Bird Box then she wasn't nearly as big <laughs> her biggest one yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> such a huge hit um, huge hit and Patrick Stewart and Helen Mirren were both only kind of at the beginning like in the first 30 minutes of the movie right so I'm sure that saves some cost there as well. Um, but yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, if we were to like count out like screen time, so to speak, it wouldn't be very much, I think, for any of the minor, like any of the other characters except for Moses and yeah. Ramsey's. Right. So, yeah. The bulk of it probably went to Ray Fines and Valley Kilmers. So, yeah. Yeah. Valley Kilmers. You're going to do that the whole time, aren't you? I yeah. know. I, I know he's going to do it. Have you all seen? Uh, have you, to the bit. Here's a here's kind of what a uh, um, Sandra Bullock had been up to. Have you all seen a Time to Kill? Mm-mm. Time oh. to Kill was '96. It was two years before okay. this. Matthew McConaughey. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then Sp- Speed Two, Cruise Control, which apparently she, is not a she, not I a forgot good movie. how many movies she was in. Yep. In the '90s. She's in a short film called Making Sandwiches, which sounds really quaint Amazing. and nice. So <laughs> Hope Floats. Have y'all yeah. seen that one? Oh, Mm-mm. no. Have you seen yeah, I have seen that one. See, okay. It's a romantic drama. I think the only one of those movies I've seen of hers from the 90s besides this one is maybe Speed. Speed, great. Speed, great. Because for me... Speed is great. Speed, great. Speed, great. Uh, <laughs> what does Kevin say in the office? <laughs> Why? Why use why, why, more? Why? Uh, why say why lot say words when word. few words do trick? Yeah. <laughs> like Speed great. I saw someone make the joke about the Twenty Eight Days movie that she's in. Uh, two years after this movie, 
uh and then they, they had the posters for 28 days later and then 28 months later and they said i never understood how this is a trilogy because <laughs> it's all connected but it's not she was uh, having a great year yeah great yeah. Love that years. for her she deserves it just if you have something to say just say it oh i don't i was just saying we should get back to prince of egypt oh Jess is getting oh, yeah. bored. She's like, <laughs> once, once the we're gonna once go through this all is, of Sandra this Bullock's is actually movies, great. and it's gonna be like an hour later. <laughs> Hold it's on. like, oh, let's talk about Prince of Egypt. Let the podcast. I, yeah. I, got, I gotta back. say this. I gotta say this. It is great. I think we should have like one of our family members or friends on every one of these episodes from now on because this is like having our audience right here with us to like be like give us live feedback in the moment like all right i'm tired of hearing you talk about sandra, sandra bullock Bullock's wrap it up <laughs> yeah, yeah, move on yeah. he's still looking at it well, i'm looking i know it's like having a producer everyone or like was a going. set director telling us what to do yeah like the, the, the script manager is 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 like right up right behind the camera going hey y'all we gotta we gotta keep this come going on. come on guys which with that being said i have a question i want to ask you guys. yes so what yes. was your favorite song on the soundtrack because there are so many good ones yeah i we talked about it uh playing with the big boys now i don't know if that's the official name of the song but mm-hmm. that that one was a favorite for me as a kid and again, as an adult, that adult appreciation, knowing it's Steve, Mar- I believe Steve Martin and Martin Short performed that one themselves. Yeah, I, I think, think they, they did. did. I and it yeah, and it and it's just awesome. It's it's a really cool. I like how they're listing off all the Egyptian gods. That's somebody I've always loved mythology from mm-hmm. different like ancient religions. Mm-hmm. I've always loved Greek and Roman. Um, I'm not as familiar with with Egyptian, but the ones that I knew, I'm like, it's just interesting to like hear them talking about it and yeah. Uh, and it, and it, this, it is also one of those scenes that, I, this happened to me as a kid and especially more as an adult. But you know, when you're reading the Bible and where everybody um, on this episode is uh, a Christian, and so we've all read the Bible, yeah, currently read the Bible as adults, and it can be really hard to visualize a lot of these things happening, or at least like mm-hmm. have yourself feel kind of disconnected from the story. Like, yes, I believe this all happened, blah blah blah, but. You know, like it's just some of the stuff is really almost fantastical. Like it, it feels like, of course, none of the stuff would happen today. So how do I relate myself to this? How do I imagine this happening? And that's the thing. It's one of these things that this movie did so well, and particularly in this scene, because this in the, in the in the original story in Exodus talks about how the royal magicians were able to do the same miracles at first yeah. that Moses was doing, and you're like, well, that's crazy. How did like I thought only God could do stuff like that. And then you see in the, in the movie, you're like, oh, like that's probably, that's of course without the, <laughs> the song that they were singing, but like the visuals of that, like that, like I can see that being the case. Like, um, I still, anyway, so I just like that was a scene that did that very well. It was very mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. And I like how even, you know, they, this whole movie, I feel like does, Essentially, I feel like, I mean, they add to the biblical account, but pretty much every detail from the biblical account of Exodus, like it's it stays on point mm-hmm. with the exception mm-hmm. of one thing that we can talk about later. But yeah. like with that song in particular, it's like even Moses snake kind of in the background, like eating the two sorcerers snakes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I always loved that part as a kid, but it's like I do appreciate that attention to detail mm-hmm. that this movie had, you know, trying to yeah. stay true to what was the wording in that first scene like what you have it pulled up 
the the this was immediately notable whenever we started rewatching it. Um, the first thing you see is a dis- not a disclaimer, but like a like a title card that says mm-hmm. the, the motion picture you're about to see is an adaptation of the Exodus story. While artistic and historical license has been taken, we believe that this film is true to the essence, values, and integrity of a story that is a cornerstone of faith for millions of people worldwide. The biblical story of Moses can be found in the book of Exodus. And I thought that, you know, you read a little bit more about the background of this movie. Um, It becomes pretty apparent that, well, two things. One, biblical movies were, have kind of always been a part of Hollywood um, in terms of some of them successful, some of them not the 10 commandments is the big one mm-hmm. that looms which this, over which this everything. movie they wanted to make this movie as like the a, 10 commandments yeah. as a recreation of 10 commandments yeah animated yeah. yeah and you don't see that as much anymore partially because it's fallen out of um favor in popular like in popular culture mm-hmm. um really scott tried to do an exodus gods and kings movie probably 10 years ago and that flopped and didn't didn't work for a number of reasons. There was a Noah's Ark movie that also came out within the past. And yeah, Darren 10, Aronofsky did years. Noah. Yeah. Apparently that was like completely not at all like what the actual Yeah, I heard it was bad. It was like very inaccurate biblically. Yeah. And I I don't I didn't see it, but I heard a lot of people who did go see it left cuz they mm-hmm. were so like this is not yeah, at all. Yeah, I can't I can't speak to that. Did you see that movie, Noah? No, but we were my coworkers, we were all sitting at lunch one day, and we I mentioned your podcast and that y'all this been podcast? covering this podcast. This podcast. Did you guys know my husband guys. is a podcaster? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, but I said like they've been, you know, going over Christian movies and like mm-hmm. bad Christian movies, and um. Anyways, much and it to was funny. chagrin. Yeah, and it was yeah, funny because one of my coworkers chagrin. was like. Well, you know one Christian movie that's good, and then pretty much everyone at the table was like Prince of uh, Egypt, and I was like, oh, okay, okay, good, yeah. I, <laughs> oh, thought, good. So I thought you were going to say Noah, like God's not dead, facing the giant. <laughs> I was waiting for y'all to be yeah. like, yeah, have you ever seen Fireproof? That one is just like so, yeah, I'll be like, so mm. quality. No, we yeah. were all talking about those movies, which I won't get back into it. Um, but. Oh shoot! Where was I even going? Oh, just how this is a really. Oh, good they movie. were talking about Noah and y'all. Emma Watson is in Noah. Yeah, okay. I forgot. Emma Watson, Jennifer Connelly, Russell Crowe. Yeah, Logan. They actually Lerman. said they enjoyed that one, or a couple people at the table said they enjoyed it, but then they said it was like completely not like the Bible. So you just kind of had to go into it, like you know, not thinking this is like a biblical. Sure. Yeah. yeah. There are things. There are things about you know. There's, we've talked about this a little bit. There are films about faith, um, grappling with faith, and then there's like Tree of Life is one that we did this year. That is a film clearly about exploration of faith, but it's fictional. And then there's adaptations of faith from scripture. Um, and it's, it's hard to do because it's kind of subject to set design and historical accuracy and you can take creative liberties, but it has to feel a certain um, of a certain caliber. And that's one thing that was really impressive when we were kind of looking into the background of this movie 
Spielberg was initially the one when they were exploring animation. He told Jeffrey Katzenberg, the producer, you, you should Disney should do a Ten Commandments adaptation because you could save a lot of money on the budget and just put it into this like developing technology. And so we kind of owe it to Spielberg that we got this movie, even though he mm-hmm. wasn't involved creatively, which is kind of cool mm-hmm. um, and shows his his like his influence. But then the other cool thing is that Katzenberg was like very dedicated to getting this movie made and Disney didn't want to for a long time. And when he left dream, he didn't start DreamWorks, but DreamWorks was just getting started and they snatched him up. And that's why this is the second DreamWorks movie. I did not know that. Yep. What was the first one? Um, I believe so. I'm going to vamp for a second while I, find it but i believe the second they're the one that came after this one was the road to el dorado did y'all see that phenomenal i remember watching it yeah i like that one yeah Um, while you're looking for that i want to read this speaking of dreamworks isaac (laughs) this one that this one letterbox review you sent in the group chat it, it says, so funny. talking about Prince of Egypt, whenever an, quote, whenever an animator for this film would mess up, they would be sent to work on Shrek as punishment. This punishment was known as, quote, being Shreked. <laughs> Olivia found oh, that. Man. It was oh, on Olivia the found that. trivia yeah, for IMDb. And okay, well, I, just got, I got that all wrong just now. But the, the, it's that, fine. Yeah. That's so good. Uh, the first was Ants. I wasn't sure. I didn't want to say it just in case I was wrong. Did y'all see Ants? Yeah, no, I watched I was, Ants a lot. I was a, I was a Bugs Life aficionado. I was not about to go watch oh, Ants. Oh, Bugs Life is way better. Yeah, I remember in Ants that there's a one of the ants like there was a war subplot, and then one of the ants' heads got blown off, and mm-hmm. he picked up his buddy's mm-hmm. head, and it just like scarred me as a kid. Just as yeah. bad as face right now. <laughs> That's scary. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the only Woody Allen movie I've ever seen. Really, yeah. That's um, that's directly from Michael Scott in the Office. He has that almost. That he has a talking <laughs> oh, head. Really? He says almost that exact same thing. Where he was like, <laughs> he was like, I'm a huge Woody Allen fan. Of course, the only Woody Allen movie I've seen is Ants. Yeah. <laughs> Here's oh, the thing he before it, yeah. before um all that stuff came out about Woody Allen, I didn't do a deep dive, but I watched Annie Hall because I met a guy when I worked at a summer camp who was going to film school. And um, he's, I asked him, what's your favorite movie? And he said, Annie Hall. And I was like, what is that? And he said, you should just go watch it after we get back from camp. And Annie Hall is amazing. If you can get past, which I know Olivia can't, but if you can get past the fact that it's Woody it Allen. came so fast. You're not I, wrong. It just was like, wow. No, I think, no, yeah. I just, you're my friend. I know you. I know, I know what you, I, I think I know. So anyway. no, you're right. I yeah, I want to watch it because I've heard it's so good. But yeah. I also don't know if I can get past it. So Jeff Goldblum's in it. He has an incredible uh, one-liner. I'm sure he does. He always does. Jess is getting Jeff annoyed Goldblum. that we're not. I was about to say. About speaking of, of Jeff Goldblum, Jess let's has, go back to Jess the... is resting her head in her hand and staring <laughs> off into the distance. So let's bring it back to Prince of Egypt. You Jess did ask a question that I believe I was the only one who answered. But favorite song in Prince of Egypt. Mm-hmm. Through Heaven's Eyes for me. Mm. Um, I think the plugs goes really hard. Oh yeah, 
Okay, confession. I went to Bible study earlier, and I was like, I'm going to listen to a few of the songs on the soundtrack. And I was like, I can't, the plagues, I'm going to listen to that. Because usually I just listen to, like, Through Heaven's Eyes and uh, Mm -hmm. maybe, what's the one, the... There can be miracles when you believe. Whatever that one is. When you believe. believe. Yeah, when you believe. believe. Which is Whitney Houston, by the way. Yeah, it's it's so good. Yeah, Mariah Carey, yeah. Um, But I put the plagues on, and I think I listened to it like three times in a row. It goes hard. I kept, I (laughs) I was like, how did I not realize how, it's like weirdly creepy. Yeah. But also like, you know, the first part, have y'all listened to the lyrics of the very first part? It's no, like, yeah. he, sent the swarm, I had, he sent the plagues. Yeah, say, and yeah. it's like they're whispering. Thus saith the Lord. It's, yeah. it's so layered. Yes, I just feel like the song is so layered. So if I were mm-hmm. to go back and listen to it like multiple times, I feel like I'd get something new out of it every time. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, um, <laughs> so Stephen Schwartz wrote a lot of the music, and he is also the same guy who did the songs for Enchanted, and then also. Hunchback of Notre Dame and Pocahontas, mm. which oh my word! I don't know if you guys have have listened to the soundtrack for either one of those movies, but, but Hunchback no, po- and Pocahontas, Pocahontas specifically, Pocahontas, yeah. Pocahontas is like one of the best Disney soundtracks. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's quite the resume he has. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and then Hunchback also is just like it kind of does deal with not necessarily si- like similar as far as like telling the story of a Bible of like a story from the Bible, but it is like dealing with like um, Catholicism and, and mm-hmm. the power dynamic of the church within like the uh, France. And there's a song from that soundtrack called hellfire, which is very terrifying. Um, and it, it's just crazy. I saw it when I was really young and I don't remember too much about it. I'm going to send you guys Hellfire later. Okay, okay. send it. I'll listen <laughs> yeah, to it. I'll send it to you, all three of you. We can we can discuss it then. It's, yes. It's crazy. Anyway. It's just cool. crazy content. Anyway. Anyway, back to this. Back to this. This, okay, this. I do want to watch Hunchback. Because I just remember, I think I watched it a few years ago. And it, I just remember thinking it was like pretty dark. It's that super true? dark. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, mm. it's so dark for... I mean, I think most Disney movies in a way are kind of dark, mm-hmm. but this one is especially dark because uh, Frollo, who plays like the Catholic priest or whatever, is basically like lusting after Esmeralda the whole time, and Hellfire is him talking about his lust, which is oh, crazy. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, we used to be a proper country. <laughs> yeah, we used to talk about. <laughs> About lusting and using our power dynamics. We just don't do patriarchy right anymore. Yeah, we yeah. got to get back to that. I speaking of getting back to that uh, and dark movies. I was I was a little taken aback by how dark this movie is, and I, and I guess yeah. like I shouldn't have been taken that back because I know the story uh, of of Moses. It is very dark, uh, and we, mm-hmm. we we touched on this earlier, but the the dream sequence of Moses with the hieroglyphics, uh, which is beautiful. I mean, it's it's it is genuinely phenomenal filmmaking, mm-hmm. and to, and and can show shows how great and powerful animation can be in filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's scary, and yeah. like 
especially as somebody with and uh you know i have a baby jess and isaac have a baby yeah like the parental aspect is it hits it hits harder when you're a parent and um of of a, of a baby and, and you're like oh i cannot imagine how absolutely terrifying that was and the faith that moses's birth mother shows by putting him in a basket on the river and just letting him float down is is wild and yeah so that that one hit me hard um i think it the, i think it speaks to the you know they brought in biblical scholars and different theologians but not just jewish mm-hmm. like they brought in christian scholars and muslim theologians and arab american leaders and um it's a testament to like if you're adapting something like it's it's important to adapt something historical but it's also like the basis of a, of faith for so many people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um it really speaks to the power that a creative adaptation can have in reinforcing um like a faith experience mm-hmm. because it was i mean this was like oh like a really calcifying kind of experience for me as a young kid seeing this story brought to life, having been read the story of Moses and just being like, Oh, that's cute. He like drifted down. There was no, yeah. Like there was no risk and he was always going to be fine. And then also they start rightly. So they start the movie with this nation is in pain and Mm -hmm. they're enslaved and this is not okay. And then when it gets finally gets to the turn, where Moses realizes that this was genocide, you know, Mm. like this was keeping a nation at bay and how, how, you know, visceral the dream sequences when you see the children being dumped into the Nile Mm -hmm. and you see the, the crocodiles there. It is, it just sticks, sticks in your heart. It's terrifying. It's really and you understand, you know, the thing I was really paying attention to this time was that how much is God a character in this movie? And I think it's, I think the way that they address him is really interesting and well done. But you really get this sense of like, Israel is the underdog, which is something that if you don't approach the story with respect, especially from a scriptural standpoint, you won't get something this powerful. Yeah. Um, so I think it's just kudos to them for really taking it seriously and not deviating too much. So, yeah. well, and also what is really cool about the ISIS character, he was a real person, Moses, is that he was very flawed, right? Like he killed someone, and, and we can argue if it was purposeful or not, but he, he someone died at his hands, right? And so. He was a murderer, and, and so he was very flawed as a as a character in this movie. And he, if you go back and look at the the scripture in Exodus, he very much is like, no, I don't think this is for me, God. Mm-hmm. And, and he wasn't like, yeah, I want all the tension. I want this to be about me and all I can do, which I don't. I feel like in a lot of quote unquote Christian movies. The main character or or like whoever it is is like 
yeah, I'm great. I'm a great Christian. I do all these things and look how God rewards me. You know, and, it doesn't and, and feel the world's out to get me. Everybody yeah. is out to get the Christians or the, or the God, the God fearing protagonist. Right. And, but they'll see I'm better than them. And yeah, they'll get theirs. And, and, and we can argue if like, if Moses actually had like love for the Pharaoh in scripture or not but like i like to think that he he like was conflicted on his mm. relationship with the pharaoh and like right. his experience growing up there right yeah. um that would make things very complicated and and difficult and not just as like all right buddy i'll show you you know mm. it, and so i think that's very different than kind of this like westernized americanized biblical Christian mindset that I feel like so many people specifically in the, in the South have. And it's mm-hmm. like, I, I watched the Prince of Egypt and this movie is, you know, 25 years old. Um, and it's like, how, how did we get this and how are we here? <laughs> and there's lots of reasons for like yeah. why we're at this point, but it, I I appreciate reading about people in the Bible who were very flawed and had yeah. um, issues and doubts and skepticism because like yeah. that is something that I can relate to, right? Yeah. It's like I'm a fully flawed person. I have a lot of doubts and skepticism. I was thinking while I was watching this movie, I was like, I'm really glad that I was not alive during these times for so many reasons. Specifically, <laughs> yeah. I would not believe anything. If some guy were to come in and be like, I spoke to God. I'd be like, okay, buddy. Sure you did. You, are you, um, you're smoking that bush. Mm, yeah. yeah. Have you guys seen Jim Gaffigan's? Oh, Jim that Gaffigan, bush was really burning, wasn't it? Yeah. Jim Gaffigan does a does a stand-up uh, special, and he says, imagine being the first person that Moses t- said that he talked to <laughs> talk to God. He was like, yeah, God was a burning bush. He's like, okay, okay, buddy. All right, Moses, I think you've been burning some bush. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, I guess I actually so, stole that just now, but yeah. Yeah. But yeah, like I I wouldn't, you know, I think about that too. Of like, mm-hmm. if I was around during like Jesus's time, I'd be like, okay, guy, sure. <laughs> um, yeah. So, and then I realized the irony of me being a Christian now where there's like, we're thousands of years removed from it. And that is the Holy Spirit at work in my life, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. So. Hey, witness, sister. Witness. witness. Praise. Yeah. Amen. I, okay, um, I did, though, whenever I was watching this, because I had the thought, I was like, okay, what this story means a lot to me mm-hmm. from watching it as a kid, but also as, you know, being a Christian and, like, being familiar with this story in the Bible, so seeing it portrayed as special. Mm-hmm. Um but I was like, I wonder someone who like isn't religious, wonder if they watched The Prince of Egypt, like would they still be, um, you know, as impressed by it? Because I don't know, sometimes I watch it too and I'm like, it's kind of crazy that I believe all this really happened. Sure. You know? Yeah. Like when I really think about just all, like you've got Burning Bush and Moses like surviving on the Nile as a baby and then the Red Sea splitting and the Ten Plagues, mm-hmm. like it's crazy. You know, mm-hmm. how much, just how... Um, how weird the Bible is. It's yeah, so weird. It's, yeah. it's specifically yeah, yeah. Moses' it's like, yeah. story. And also, this isn't even all of Moses' story. It's like no. the yeah. first part. 
And like, you yeah. know, it, the movie ends with him carrying the Ten Commandments. And I'm like, uh-huh. things are just getting started in the yeah. world. Yeah. You know, there's like so much more crazy stuff that's going to happen. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I I, it's crazy. In in uh, church yesterday, this wasn't the the uh, the purpose of the sermon yesterday. But there was and there was a quote that the our pastor threw up on the screen that and I'm paraphrasing greatly, but essentially said that the whole story like the whole bible is all about jesus so even like in the old testament everything all of that old testament everything is just preparing Mm -hmm. for jesus to come Mm -hmm. and then anything in the new testament like paul's letters and revelation and all that after jesus died and rose and then ascended into heaven is all about what we do now that jesus Mm -hmm. came like how are we carrying that on and so um i i just i think what you said that really well just now jess but like just getting started that's very much an exodus on this. It's the second book of the Bible. It's still very early in the Bible. And yeah. Moses with the Ten Commandments and, and all of that. Yeah, it really is. It is the definition of just getting started. Anything earlier than that is Genesis, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. Uh, You've got like so, yeah. Noah and well, right. all kinds of things. I, I think that the other reason that this movie is so awesome from a faith perspective is that like you – Jess and Walter, you both touched on this, or I mean, Olivia as well. This experiencing a story in a visual kind of like being taken along in the story is very, 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 very powerful. And I wish that there were people like Katzenberg who were smart enough to like put the historical context in, but then also creative enough to infuse it with we're taking you on a story to experience the conflict that these characters would have, like, I'd feel like it's very, very accurate despite being very embellished simultaneously Mm -hmm. Um, because that's what, like he grew up with Ramses and they would have been, they would have like gotten fights and been like, we don't know. We actually don't know. We don't know that. No, we don't. We just know that he was, he was adopted into, he was adopted into the Royal family. So yeah, he would have been like, I don't think that we know that. But, but so the other yeah. pharaoh, the other the pharaoh queen had found died. Him. If you read it, the queen found him and that's All it. All right, hold on. I, I went back and read it today. Y'all, I, I read it too last night. Am yeah, I right, too. Olivia? The queen you just right, found Jess. him. The queen he found is him. adopted, but like that's it. We don't know what the and, relationship and his, his was like with the pharaoh. His mom actually came and like nursed him. So that was kind of cool because she actually got to be with him again. But that's we don't true. know. That's not, I mean, that's not all we know, he could have just been like a servant in their right. house. No, so like we me... don't know if he was raised like well, an actual prince. Yes, Walter. I have the scripture pulled up if, if we want to. I'm not sure. Sure. I just I just want to. No, you go for we, it. We can go discuss for yeah. this from here. So this is Exodus 2. I'll start in. Um, let's see. I'll start in six with. Uh, no, going back a little bit. Five. What so version is, are you reading from? I'm in the ESV. So okay. this is Exodus 2, starting in verse 5. Now the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river while her young women walked beside the river. She saw the basket, which is Moses is in the basket, among the reeds and sent her servant woman and she took it. When she opened it, she saw the child and behold, the baby was crying. She, I, like the, I love the way the Bible is written sometimes. Is, and mm-hmm. behold, yeah. the baby was crying. <laughs> uh, it's, just, it's, it's very <laughs> like, Of course like it that. was. Yeah. <laughs> it's been in a but behold makes it sound very grand. And, yeah, I love it. Uh, sure. So she took she took pity on him and said, this is one of the Hebrews' children. And again, just as a reminder, the context of this is Pharaoh, like the, the, the Egyptians are actively kidnapping and killing 
uh, sons of Hebrews right now. So, mm-hmm. uh, so she said, this is one of the Hebrews' children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and call you? And his, when it says his sister, that's Moses' sister, who we saw in the movie following Moses down the river, mm-hmm. uh, making sure he was okay. So Moses' birth sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and call you a nurse from the Hebrew women to nurse the child for you? So the Pharaoh's daughter said to her, go. So the child went and called the child's mother. So this is this was not in the movie, but Moses' mother, birth mother, still nursed him um, until yeah. he was you know, was weaned off. And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. When the child grew older, and this is verse 10, this is what I think will answer our, will clear this up for us. When the child grew older, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter. So it's not actually uh, Pharaoh's wife like we saw in the movie. Mm-hmm. It's Pharaoh's daughter. And he became her son. She named him Moses. I stand corrected. Quote, because she said, I drew him out of the water. So technically, Pharaoh's grandson, adopted grandson, is Moses. I gotcha. Um, So that is a part of the film that took some creative liberties. Um, But I I believe what Isaac was saying, how the familial aspect of like, and and Ramses also, I, I think it's not, I think it might be confirmed that it was not Ramses who was alive at the time or involved in this part of egyptian history but uh whoever the pharaoh was that young pharaoh um he and moses would have been cousins or something well, like it could, and it could have been like a different we don't i guess we don't right, know but right. it could have been so, it was someone around his age probably yeah. who ended yeah, up taking over absolutely. whenever pharaoh died yeah um, but like reg- regardless they were they were family uh even mm-hmm. though moses was adopted into it and so um, I'm glad you cleared that up. Sorry, I was yeah. so confident, and I no, was that's so okay. Wrong. And, I, and I'm sorry that I didn't want you to think that I was just trying to prove you wrong. But, um, no, it's okay. I'm glad yeah. you said that. But um, it, it does kind of to go along with what Isaac was saying. Um, if you would listen to the song "The Plagues," it he does like have this line that was really good that I was mm-hmm. listening to in the car, where he talked about like this was my home, you know, and then he said like. This is the last place I want to be is the foe of mm-hmm. Pharaoh right now. And mm-hmm. then, you know, obviously the nine plagues come prior to um, the firstborns being mm-hmm. killed. And he's like, you know, why are you causing these people to suffer because of your stubbornness and pride, Pharaoh? So I don't know. I think it did. That song did a good job, I feel like, of capturing yeah. the sense of like he did have you know, ties with the people of Egypt. He did have empathy for them at once. He was one, considered one of them, you know, which um, kind of ties into what you're saying, the family connection too. Well, and, and the thing that really stuck with me, and this is something that you think of more whenever you become, when you become an adult and kind of like have answered the question of what am I going to do with my life? And then, hello. Um, <laughs> Isaac's what, cat is like on his shoulder. The, right <laughs> the burning bush scene was really powerful because mm-hmm. of, and it makes me think of another Bible story I'll mention in a little bit. When he sees God's power and he knows that this is the God of the Hebrews, mm-hmm. who is kind of just now making an appearance, and he says, I've seen the suffering of Israel and I'm going to use you to help to help free them and I will make you a nation of, of my own choosing. Mm-hmm. And how really that scene would not be um, as potent if you don't see them in slavery and you don't mm-hmm. see them being 
beaten and like their children being killed and yeah. you know so there's that and and he's just like i'm lucky enough to have made it away with my life and i have a family now and you know it's all i i'm i'm doing good and then he's like i don't want to <laughs> i don't want to do this and he tells god yeah. and it's just relatable because you know we're privileged in a western society mm-hmm. and kind of like that that comfort can call us away from like what God calls us to do. Yeah. Um, and, and even now, like it's kind of uncertain what we're supposed to do in like a modern society sometimes as believers, because this isn't, this isn't like the old Testament where the time is different, Mm -hmm. but it also reminds me of, you know, if you could, if you, if this had been a bigger hit, they probably would have done another sequel with, the manna and the wandering in the wilderness and I'm sure like more conflicts and possibly Joshua and all that yeah. stuff is just incredible storytelling. But it makes me think about Gideon because Gideon had the same reaction as Moses. Yeah. Like, Hey, can you, uh, or can you like, there's, there's some sponge out here. Could you make sure that like every, the sponge is dry in the morning and everything else awesome. is around it is wet. Uh, and then God's like, yeah, sure. And then he did it. And he's like, could you actually do like the opposite? Uh, <laughs> and then he it goes on several days. And then finally he goes and does what God tells him to do. And there's just people like that who are just like kind of conflicted and weak. And it's it's really entertaining and uh, cinematic. And yeah. yeah. But, but you get like reading the story is powerful, but seeing the story Right. Is in some ways even more powerful because you you see it all there instead of like taking the time to explain the the historical context and like all that stuff for some people just like it just doesn't really stick unless you see it. So yeah. Exactly. And and that's kinda what I was like saying a little bit earlier is just it it's it is easy to feel disconnected from the stories and the people in the Bible in 2023 uh and then but something like this just really helps kind of put into perspective you know humanizes the real humans that are in the story and there, there are two scenes I, that affected me the most i want to talk about it, and then i want to hear from olivia because i haven't heard from her in a little bit but uh the one when we've talked about we've touched on both of these this the scene that scared me or maybe even more upset than the the hieroglyphic scene with you know the babies in the Nile was the tenth plague uh, of the Passover and, and killing mm-hmm. the firstborn because it like it's not violent or gory it is so eerily quiet mm-hmm. and it and it does not shy away from showing what's happening like you see a boy in bed with his family and they're asleep and the spirit comes in and just quietly takes his breath away and another boy who's like carrying a pot indoors and then gets him and you see his arm fall down and then Ramsey's son uh, who, who also dies and it's it's so visceral in, in a very unsettling way that it's one of the things that just like oh my gosh that I mean obviously like you know you know the the effects of it like the white spirit probably it might not have it probably didn't look like that visually but uh, that's what it was like and and, and and they could have gone even further. They could have shown the next morning and with the wailing and gnashing of teeth of the Egyptians as they find their firstborns dead in their houses. And um, 
And so that, I mean, like I, I shed a tear a little bit in that one just cause it was just so, man, it just hit me. Um, but the other one, the scene, and for the opposite reason that affected me um, and just made me, I don't know. I, I loved the scene of the burning bush. I just thought it was so well done, both visually and um, uh, the the audio design, the sound, sound design. That's what I meant to say. Having having Val Kilmer play both God and Moses in this scene, knowing that, like watching this, I'm like, wow, the performance from Val Kilmer, like going back and forth is really good. But the the part that really got me was when Moses pushed back on, at God and was like, send someone else. Like, I'm not ready for this. I can't do this. And then God like gets angry, you know, and mm-hmm. like, and then like the, 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 the energy rises in the air. And, and I'll, I'll read this again from Exodus four. This is ESV uh, verse 11. Then the Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. And that, seeing that visually and hearing God, I guess become angry, but like a righteous anger, a loving anger towards uh, a child of his is, man, that was so powerful. And that that's the scene that made me be like, okay, I'm going to kind of read along in the scripture as I'm watching this movie. Because mm-hmm. like that was just so well done. And I need, I need to kind of pair up these visuals with what is actually in the scriptures and it has i mean i have a newfound not respect but just appreciation and understanding of this whole story just for that reason there's probably no better adaptation of something biblical with the same creative integrity that's been done since this movie i would Mm -hmm. say i could be i could be very very wrong i mean as far I as i know I yeah think. i i agree yeah. olivia did you have any scenes like that that you were like wow this is this is kind of hitting differently than the rest of the movie or at least differently than i remembered as a kid um this the scene with the hieroglyphics i i like vividly remember that scene as a kid and remember just kind of being in awe of that scene because it was so creative and and just cool looking as a kid and and like as an adult it it was it was still just incredible and and the way that they they went about making that scene was just really amazing um but yeah like i think that this again i don't have kids and so I, i don't understand what it's like to experience this movie as a as a parent but like i mean you guys have all become parents in the past year and a half. And a lot of my friends have become parents in the past couple of years. And so, um, and like, I have a lot of friends here who have, have children and just like thinking through like how much I love those kids and Mm -hmm. like, they're not even my kids. And like, I'm just like, I can't, I can't imagine anything happening to them, let alone my own child. Um, and so I think that that makes it feel different as a, as an adult than it did for me as a kid. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I I mean, I, I love animation. We know this, we've talked about this several times. I think that a lot of people are like, well, animation is just for kids. I don't think it is. And Mm -hmm. like, I think the Bible is the bible would be banned 
if it was not entitled the Bible, if we were to take any of these books of the Bible out and just made it like a book, yeah, it would be banned from from every library, yeah. every like school library because it's so hardcore. Yeah. I mean, there's so many things. I mean, especially just the Old this, Testament. Yeah, the, the Old Testament is is metal. It is so metal. <laughs> Very. Yeah. Um, but like, it's it's so intense and it's so. Uh, just I don't know and, and so I think about like you guys were talking about how the Old Testament is supposed to like all point towards Jesus and I think about that specifically with the last plague of like the sacrificial uh first son and how like if you had the lamb's blood painted over and so that was how Passover became a thing and um, all of that, and just like that's, I mean, that was what Jesus was was our like sacrificial lamb, mm-hmm. sacrificial like sign. Yeah. Um, and so it's just, I was just thinking about that of like, it's it's just incredible, and I don't know really where to go from there. I feel like at this point I'm just kind of rambling, but um, no, I mean, it's like I said, like everything points to Jesus, like yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so, and, and even like, I joke with my friends here, like my friends from church here all the time about how I'm a bad Christian. And, and in the sense of like, I am not consistent with like reading scripture and like that kind of thing. And like, those don't make you a good or bad Christian per se. But I think it's really easy for us in our like kind of Americanized way to be like, oh, well, a good Christian does this, this and this. And that's not necessarily like the case. Um, but I tend to be really like skeptical. I relate hardcore to like doubting Thomas of just like, I don't know. And so um, even in my most like skeptical, cynical sense, it's, it's always just kind of like watching something like this film reminds me of like the awe and wonder of God. And that Mm -hmm. I think is really incredible and something that I, really struggle to remind myself of mm-hmm. and so yep it's oh. art it was funny i texted yeah. you guys before before we uh started recording and i said that uh across the spider verse is on netflix and um did i didn't catch this the first time i watched it but whenever in the fight scene with the vulture at the beginning mm-hmm. he's like you call this art because they're in the art museum mm-hmm. the, the the moma and mm-hmm. uh she's like yeah, we're talking about it, aren't we? And I was like, <laughs> oh, this is really clever because yeah, she's yeah. basically saying like this movie is art too and you're watching it in a different medium and it's like, I was like, hey, that's really clever. But B, this movie's art too uh, mm-hmm. because we're talking about it all this many years later and um, and it's just, it just kind of like this is what, this is what Christian slash biblical art should be um and you know there's always going to be barriers to that for example this did not play in many territories because of the christian themes like it didn't play in the middle east Um, it was banned in a lot of places yeah and i think it's banned in egypt yeah 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 um makes sense so so anyway also they did make another movie it's called Joseph King of Dreams. Yeah, it was and like so technically a prequel, they called it. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so it had Ben Affleck and Mark Hamill and Jodie Benson in it. Jodie Benson voiced... I think she just did the singing voice. She may have done the actual, like, the lines, but she voiced um, Ariel in The Little Mermaid. Mm -hmm. So, Have y'all seen that movie? I have not. No. I had that one on VHS as well. Really? So that was a frequent... Well, it's not as good as Prince of Egypt, but I mean, it's... Yeah. yeah, this was it's, a direct It's nowhere video. near as good as Prince of Egypt, actually, now that I think about it. But. Yeah, I didn't know the 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 cast was also pretty good on this one, too. I mean, yeah, Olivia, you yeah. mentioned just now Ben Affleck and and Mark Hamill. Um, Richard Hurd is also in this. Wow. Okay. Yeah, not quite as stacked as Prince of Egypt, but, but not bad. Maybe I'll so, I just don't like, remember there being, like, those... Like, there are just in... Prince of Egypt, there are those scenes that we keep mm-hmm. kind of going back to mm-hmm. that just stand out to us because they're mm-hmm. so beautiful and so um, well done, you know? And we haven't even talked about like the parting of the Red Sea. That's another one for me. Like that uh, just initial, beautiful. like, oh that my split. gosh. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, it's, it's just gorgeous. And to me, it like doesn't even, I don't look at it and I'm like, oh yeah, this is obviously was made 25 years ago. Like it's still no, just it very impressive. It looks phenomenal. And like when they're walking through and you can see the big fish and I don't know, Mm -hmm. it's just that part always stood out to me as well. And that took years to make. That's what I remember hearing. Okay, I'm glad you said that because that's in the back of my mind is like when I was a kid thinking that took years, you know? But okay, but that's a real thing. It's not just me making that up. No, no, no. It took like, I think three or four years to make Yeah, that that scene alone. Wow. Um, So yeah, I think it's just... It's really cool to how much time and effort goes into making anything animated. Like I, so I bought Isaac's old iPad off of him and <laughs> I, I drew something recently and it took me like 10 hours. And I'm like, I can't believe this took me so long to make. And it's like, not even that detailed. Like it's, it's so. looks good though. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's like not detailed at all, and I'm just like, it took. I can't believe it took me ten and ten and a half hours to like make this thing. Yeah. Um. And so then I'm like, because you can do like animation sequences, and I'm like, oh, I can do oh, that Lord. and see what that looks like. I don't even know how to how to do that and get into that, and how long it's gonna take me to do anything. But I just think it'd be so cool. Anyway, Isaac, Isaac, is that the iPad I sold you? Yeah. Oh my god! So it's from, gone through all of y'all. So Olivia, when you're done, you can you know sell it to me, and then okay, great, and, and it'll it's, it'll be full circle, and then yeah. you sell it back to me. And sell to Morgan, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Sisterhood of the traveling Jess. iPad. Sisterhood of the traveling iPad. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's oh awesome. My that's so funny. Well, I'm glad Olivia you're getting some some use out of that. That's yeah, cool. no, it's been great. Um, I've been more consistent about reading in general, but especially the Bible, but also just reading. So that's been good. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I do have a question that I want to ask you guys. So we've all kind of talked about like old movies from our childhood, like Prince of Egypt. Like uh, we talked about Pocahontas, Hunchback, which all obviously were like pertinent to. Uh, kind of what we were talking about in the moment. Um, but something that I have kind of seen people talk about is like how nowadays all these movies, all the kid movies are like super trauma based, right? Like talking about <laughs> That's just so true. It yeah, like if you watch um Trauma Core. In yeah, like in Kanto, like mm. I needed therapy after watching that, right? Yeah. And so 
so people are like, I don't understand why they make these movies so like traumatic nowadays, but <laughs> we all watched Prince of Egypt growing up and this is like super and we're fine. We're fine. <laughs> but so yeah. I'm just curious, like a lot of the movies we watched as as kids dealt with like death and 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 murder and like all kinds of like pretty intense stuff. So I don't even know what I'm trying to ask in this, I guess. Um I guess like maybe what's changed? Yeah, I guess like what's changed? Does that matter to should that matter? Does it matter? I I don't know. What are your what are your thoughts on this like observation that I've like kind of pointed out? Yeah. I have some thoughts. I, I yeah, I have some thoughts. I'll do mine real quick, and then I want to. Yeah, I want to hear from the Sims. I and then Walter wants to go to bed. I'm tired, man. It's that's like fair. it's it's ten thirty right now. Um, in the morning. So that's like three a.m. for new fathers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, basically. So what we I talked about. This, I mentioned this briefly earlier, but one of my favorite movies as a kid. I mean, all time favorite. Bugs Life. Yeah, and of course the like. I've seen it as an adult. The heavier themes, the more the deeper themes, kids don't yeah. really get that, right? You know, they have the characters they like. There's an old home video of me at a natural museum one time where there was like a big ant farm and the and little like five year old me was pointing to each ant one by one and going, That's flick, that's flick, that's flick. That's how much <laughs> I love this movie. Uh and and, and th- th- that that's that was my relationship with Bugs Life. I mm-hmm. liked Flick. The grasshoppers were kind of scary, and then and the, and the ants won. They used the mm-hmm. big fake bird, and they won. And then as an adult, I'm like, oh, I think I'm anti-capitalist, maybe because of this movie. <laughs> like that whole the whole movie is about like workforce labor unions and and in like owning owning the fruits of your own labor and all mm-hmm. of this. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So I think <laughs> the subtext keep, really yeah. got to you. <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. So yeah, and yeah, if, like, uh, not my parents necessarily, but other people will be like, "Watch what happened." Like, you're not like Republican or or, and you're like anti-capitalist. I'm like, yeah. If you watch Bugs Life, it'll radicalize you too, buddy. Uh, <laughs> and, but, and and they're like, we watch Bugs Life. Like, you are paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> you missed the whole point. Open your eyes, sheeple. Yeah, yeah. How, yeah. How did Wake you, up. You, were you rooting for the grasshoppers? Uh, so. Voiced by Kevin Spacey? Oh, yeah. I forgot. Oh, so you like that performance? <laughs> what does that say about you? I I say all that to say, so that was my relationship as a kid was I like the characters, good guys won, bad guys lost. And a lot of, I think a lot of kids movies they still do that. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's still like that. And, and, but there are those heavier, deeper themes that only adults really grasp onto. Mm-hmm. And I think that's still the case today. So I think the, lands- the overall landscape of animated kids' movies, I don't think is really that different than it mm-hmm. was 20, 25 years ago. I just think, like, our we were adults now. <laughs> and it's, yeah. it's easier for us to see stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, like, I wonder what it would be like. So I watched Inside Out as a college student. Same. And so I was like 20, 21 when it, I watched that for the first time. Yep. Um, Did you my cry best friend like four and I different times? Are like sobbing in the yeah, theater. Same. With all these like little kids and their like parents, and I'm uh-huh. just like, why are they like? Do they not understand the gravity of this? <laughs> why and aren't like, you no, sobbing? No, because yeah. they're five. Yeah. Right. And so yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Um, and so I wonder what it had, what it would have been like to watch that as a child yeah. versus as a twenty-year-old. Yeah, Jess, I want to. I want to. You think? I mean, Olivia, you kind of hit it. I think what I was. Oh, thinking. so sorry. <laughs> I mean, no, that's fine. I just feel <laughs> like. Um, I don't know. I feel like these stories, to me, that's a marker of a good movie if it can appeal to like the little kids, like it's entertaining yeah. enough mm-hmm. that they're enthralled by it. But then the adults watching with them can also pull some meaning from it. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm going to tie this back into like I've been watching Bluey a lot lately. I was so about yeah. to bring that up. I'm so glad and, you did. And I feel like that show works so well and is so well received because you know it's fun for sophie she loves the little song and the dance but i'm like i watch it and it's there's some really deep and kind of mm-hmm. like these profound thoughts that yeah. you can find again in the subtext it's not like super obvious um but that's why i like that show and so i yeah. guess i guess to me i feel like it's kind of a marker of a good movie if it's able yeah. to kind of hit both audiences and bluey's mm-hmm. bluey's amazing the if you if you can hit both audiences i feel like artists understand that you have to be able to explain i think a lot of the best art is easily accessible not all of it but like a lot of it is and if it can be understood by a child it's um it's like, yeah, yeah. So I did, yeah, that wasn't, I was just rehashing, I guess, exactly what Jess said. <laughs> well, you but, know, they but, say but, but, the Bible's the same way. Like, yeah, little kids yeah, can yeah. understand I was it. And then obviously that. we can study forever and, like, yeah. not mm-hmm. be experts on it. And Bluey, so, yeah. and Bluey specifically <laughs> Bluey is, like, parents are changing, too. And the artists yeah. that put, that make Bluey understand that. They're, like, yeah. it is such a transformative time, age to age, as kids grow up. And so there, it's not our mission to help parents because it's ultimately entertainment. But it's like, if we can put a little nugget in there to make, mm-hmm. to encourage a parent, that's like ultimately going to happen, at least in every episode. And not just and parents, that's what it's adults, like. I feel like. Yeah, and that's yeah, the same with yeah. like, um, oh my gosh, what movies were we just talking about? Encanto? Encanto. Yeah, Encanto. Yeah. Yeah, or yeah. Um, Inside Out. You know, they kind yeah. of have similar, it's again, not just for parents, but yeah, right. adults. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. I have Another... not met a parent who is not obsessed with Bluey it's for great. themselves, not even for their kids. Like, yeah, they're just Joe, like, I've learned Joe so much. Joe is not old enough to watch TV yet, but like, like I'll still, I'll, I'll watch it on my own. I don't care. Like, it, <laughs> it is, it is very deep and profound, but also it's, it's hilarious. Like, and it's not so just funny. like, Ha-ha, just go they off. said funny word or they yelled and that made my kid laugh. So now I laugh. Like, there are some very well written jokes in there uh, that are that land really well. Um. I was gonna say real quick another movie that I think I feel like honestly does more for adults than it would for kids. Uh, Soul, did you ever see Soul? Mm, it came I out was during yeah. COVID. That, that, that yeah. came out during COVID, so I don't, I don't think it came out in theaters. No, I could be wrong, it came out just, in 2020. Yeah, it's straight to Disney Plus, and, and Morgan and I watched that, and I, I thought it was awesome. I, mm-hmm. I thought it was so good, and I, and I was like, I wonder what a kid would even get out of this. Like, it, it's pretty deep. That's like, that's probably the most adult. Um, yeah. Pixar that they've made. I, I would yeah, say. I'd yeah. Agree. Yeah. Well, and and here's the other thing too is like Pixar and Disney have been. I, I know we got to wrap it up, but like Pixar and Disney have continued to make like by and large 
pretty pretty quality movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But now kids also have access to TikTok and Instagram and a bunch of garbage. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and parents aren't interacting with them as much. And so it's like the movies aren't the only source of their entertainment like they were for us growing up. Because yeah. it was like, right. yes, I get to go to someone's house and watch a movie. Because we don't right. have any movies at my house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's literally that how might be, I thought. I think that might that be was specific yeah. to your life. To you, Isaac. Yeah. Just, just me. And then, and then, yeah, and that's why I'm obsessed now. I was about to say that. I was just about to say that's why you're so obsessed. Yeah. <laughs> and, they'd be, and they'd say, Isaac well, I can. They'd, uh, they'd say, well, you can just take it home and watch it there. And it's like, no, I need to watch it now. Because my mom is like, no, you don't watch it when I go home. Contraband in your backpack. Yeah. I love that. Well, to 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 swing it back to Prince of Egypt and land it, I, I, I let's land this plane. Yeah, let let's land this chariot. I I like <laughs> <laughs> Isaac. I I really not not that I had the exact same experience as you, but I I really appreciate hearing like your childhood perspective on movies and why that makes you love movies so much today. And as you and I are both now like young dads. And we're beginning that journey with our families. How, yeah, how do we approach entertainment? Like, you know, like you said, TikTok and Instagram, every, there are so many different screens and entertainment options that are like vying for our family's attention. And so how do we approach that? How do we use what we, what we viewed in our childhood or we're not allowed to view in our childhood in some cases and how we use that to shape our kids and our families. And I think, some like something like the Prince of Egypt that is an important story to our faith from the scriptures that we study that we also want to raise our children in as well. I would love to see more of that. I don't know how possible that would be in, you know, the current age that we in. Not that like I, I don't want to sound like a boomer, like, oh the world's going to hell in a handbasket. I'm not saying that necessarily. It just but the landscape has changed. Like sure. I, I, I don't know if we talked about this specifically and i don't think we'll have time to but would would this movie be able to be made today how many roles would chris pratt play and then and how true to the bible would it be you know uh so and i don't know the good thing is is that you know because of streaming and how the, the 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 positive side of having so many entertainment options today is that there's so many ways to to still watch this stuff that came out 25 years ago when we were kids mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. There's no reason at all that we can't have our kids watch the same thing and give them maybe a little taste of like our childhoods as well. And I think that's I think that's a really cool thing. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. And just throw it on, you know, like we'll we'll watch it ourselves by ourselves. So mm-hmm. yeah, no kids, nope. Yeah, no parents. Yeah, you don't you don't have to have kids to watch movies. Just. Just yeah. so everyone knows. I'm trying to I'm trying um, to loop Olivia in. Oh, I forgot <laughs> about okay. that. Yeah, I forgot that you can watch movies as without kids. Yeah. Well, next week we're uh, <laughs> covering or not next week. Next, our next like, episode. Oh, what are we doing the next dramatic, week? The dramatic pause. <laughs> was our next so long. our next episode is not a kids movie. So what, what is it? We're, we're doing the Scott Scott Pilgrim anime. On, Wait, is that coming out already? Oh, yeah, it comes out this Friday, I think, actually. So in theaters, guys, Jess is really excited. No, it's going to be on Netflix. It's on Netflix, okay. I don't, by your tone, Isaac, I'm going to guess that Jess is not really excited. 
Yeah, so big Scott Pilgrim gal. Jess, I'm not either. Morgan and I watched it. You're also not Uh, a Scott Pilgrim gal. (laughs) No, yeah, yeah, I'm not a Scott Pilgrim gal for multiple reasons. I, Morgan and I watched that a few months ago because I know it was important to uh, Isaac and Olivia for especially for this podcast. And at the end of it, I was like, I kind of the same reaction I had with, uh, oh my gosh, Matilda. I remember texting y'all about this in the group chat too when we watched that oh, for yeah. the first time. But I was like, it, the credits rolled and I was like, so? What's the <laughs> point? I don't, what's what 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 what's the message here? I don't know what I'm supposed to be thinking or feeling after this. So all for that what being it's said. Worth, go ahead, no, go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead. I interrupted I was, you. No, no, you're for good. Once. I was going to say <laughs> how the turntables. How the turntables have <laughs> turned. I... For that that being said, I'm not against watching the animated one that's coming out on Netflix. Maybe right. maybe I'll have a different experience. Maybe I'll like it more. I don't know. What were you going to say, Olivia? For what it's worth, I have never actually seen Matilda. And at this point, I'm too scared to watch it because I feel like I'm just not going to like love it not, like everyone else did. It's not good. And, and it's, I just, I'm scared to watch it for that reason. It has no point to it. So, um. Yeah. I I haven't seen Matilda either, but I have Neither a hard I. I have a hard time like oh. understanding. I like not the you could have the reaction to say to do two different movies, but I'm kind of like <laughs> Matilda and Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. They're like, not they're not similar movies at all. I just had similar reactions to them. Where at the end, I was like, okay. I don't get I didn't get anything from that at all. Um, I think Olivia and I have pretty special relationships to that movie because not to Matilda to Scott Pilgrim versus the world because we both saw it in theaters <laughs> and and that's no, what didn't. this podcast you didn't see it in theaters no I didn't watch oh. it you I watched it in your apartment oh, our senior right. like a week yeah. before we graduated this entire right. podcast is a shame I, I saw it with um my 530 brain uh, made that up, Olivia. I apologize. No, it's okay. Did you see it with your brother? I did, and so that's like that's why it's special to me. But also, like, if I could have seen it with anyone, but seeing it on a big screen was like, you could why be anyone, became... Olivia. It doesn't matter. That's kind of how I feel on this podcast, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did see Olivia. it. I did see it in the theater when they did like a tenth anniversary. Well, it was actually eleven years after the fact because of COVID, but. That's yeah. neither here nor there. So that was yeah. cool. Anyway, with my friend Scott. So, hey, I was. It's funny. I have a Scott. I have a friend named Scott Tillman, and I always ah, like so do close. Scott Tillman jokes, but from the movie. So, those um, are really funny. Thank you for listening. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Our next episode is Scott Pilgrim takes off on. <laughs> so uh, <weird. laughs> uh, we're covering all of it, so get ready for the spoilers on. Uh, that's going to come out on the 28th, I think. I think that's in two weeks. I, what? Oh, the episode. I was like, the episode's going to come out on the 28th. Comes out the show comes out on the 17th. Four days. Yeah. yeah. Four days, three days. By the three time days from the 10th. Yep. And um, our art is by Macy Lummis. Our theme song is by Cord and Jocks. They're, they just got married recently. Beautiful couple. Congratulations. Yay. We went to their wedding. Mazel it was top. so fun and cute. <laughs> and. Um, Walter has fallen asleep in his chair. Uh, the Walter, Bluey theme up. song is playing. We're going to have to edit that out. It's crazy. <laughs> and um, thank you for listening. Go watch Prince of Egypt. And yeah. On Peacock. 
and it was on Prime. Peacock and Prime. Yep. Yep. We All did right, it, everyone. We did it. See ya. Uh,